Well, we're in part two of a series called My Help Comes from the Lord. And every week in this series, we're looking into the Word of God to find very practical steps that you can take to deal with the emotions that we're all dealing with right now. If you missed last week, we learned physical steps you can take to move from uncertainty to stability, from unhealth to health. Well, this week we're asking the question, how can you turn your emotional gloom into joy? Uh, Do you have some emotional gloom in your life? I think we've all been fighting through it. When I think of gloom, I think of the fog, and it's almost like we're driving through the fog, and we've just had to fight through it. How could you turn that emotional gloom into joy? This is such an important question, not only for you individually, but for the people you love. I was looking at some research today about mental health in the United States, and here's what I learned. The average American adult reports that COVID-19 and coronavirus have negatively affected their mental health. And you can see on this graph, which started back in March, that every time the shutdowns happen, uh, people's mental health declines. In fact, as of July, more than one in two adults said, I'm experiencing negative mental health and anxiety because of COVID-19. Well, now as things shut down, we can just imagine that line most likely going up much higher. So how can you turn your gloom into joy and how can you help others turn their gloom into joy? Well, let me share with you a beautiful sentence that I came across as I was doing my devotions in the Word of God the other day. It says this, your gloom, and gloom is a literal translation here of a Hebrew word that's used to describe depression. When your emotions feel like a gloomy day, your gloom, God says, will become like the noonday sun. I love this idea of the noonday sun because my daughter Zoe, she loves to lay in the sun. Uh, We have some windows in our house where every once in a while, the sun will just create a big square on the ground and Zoe will find that square and she lays down there in the warmth of the sun, especially as the weather gets cooler. She loves doing that. And I just love this picture that God's making a promise here that the gloomy, discouraged, depressed parts of your emotions can be transformed to become like the noonday sun. So if you're anything like me, when you find a sentence like this, a promise from God, we should be asking, how, God? Uh, If you're faithful to keep your promises, then God, what's my part? What do I need to do to experience this promise of my gloom turning into delight or a sunrise? Well, here's the full passage in Isaiah 58, verse 10. Here's the word of God to us today. God says, If you will spend yourselves, exert your energy in the behalf of the hungry, and if you will satisfy the needs of the oppressed. So what is he saying to do? Pour yourself out to meet the needs of others. Then your light will rise in the darkness and your night. That's actually the word gloom is translated night here. Your gloom will become like the noonday. What is God saying? Well, you could put it this way. The road out of gloom is giving ourselves away in service to others. The road out of gloom is giving ourselves away. This is not probably what we want to hear. We like to think that if I look out for number one, then I'll be happy. But Jesus taught over and over again this spiritual irony that when we give ourselves away to serve others, that's when we actually experience the most fulfillment. 
Uh, God brought me here today to tell you that if you keep obsessing on things you can't control, your path will get gloomier and gloomier. We can't control the virus. We can't control the elections. There's so many things we can't control. And it's okay to take those to God in prayer. But I'm telling you, if you obsess on them, your life will get gloomier and gloomier. Your outlook will get gloomy. Instead, pour yourself out to serve others. Forget yourself into greatness. Pour yourself out to serve the people God places in your life. And in the course of serving others, the fog will lift. The gloom will transform into a sunrise and there will be sunlight in your life again. You know, I got to experience this just last night. I'll tell you guys a quick story about how God let me experience a little bit of this sunlight. We were in East Indianapolis downtown and we were in a facility down there, really like an old warehouse recording for some of the Christmas Eve material. Now, the interesting thing about where this warehouse is, is that a police officer stopped by. He saw us with all our equipment and he said, hey, uh, just so you guys know, this is a really dangerous area. So when you guys are out here and it's dark, you need to be in twos. In fact, you might even call the police to be here when you're moving this equipment. They said, if you have any ladies coming in or out, don't let them walk alone. And so, you know, we had registered that. Well, we were done filming and we were packing everything up and we had pulled up a U-Haul truck to load up the gear. Uh, and I was out there trying to be a, a good lead pastor, helping the guys load up the gear. And this homeless guy came across the street. And if we had been defined in that moment by just what, what the authorities had told us, we, we might have been really afraid. But in that moment, it was almost like I heard the Spirit of God whisper to me, this guy's not going to hurt you guys. And I felt like God wanted me to help this guy. And so I asked him, I said, hey, buddy, what's your name? And he, he asked us, can I help you guys load up? And we said, no, nah, that's okay. We don't need any help loading. But as I said, God, what do you want me to say to this gentleman? I said, hey, you know what we could use? I'd love to know your name. He said, my name's Stanford. People call me Puff. I said, Puff, would you stand over here just across the street and would you keep an eye out for us? If you would keep an eye out for us and keep us safe, man, that would mean so much to us and we'll really hook you up at the end of this. Well, Puff stood there the whole time. And he was really keeping an eye out for us. And once we got everything loaded up, I was praying. I was saying, God, what am I supposed to do? And God reminded me that I, I had a little bit of food in my car that wasn't opened. And I had a $20 bill. So I grabbed the 20 and I grabbed the food. I go up to Puff and I give it to him. I said, hey, uh, Jesus loves you. And he sent us to give this to you tonight. Now, will you give me your word? You'll use this on food and not on anything else. And Puff started to cry. And he embraced me in a hug. And he said, yeah, I know God sent you. And it was this deep emotional moment. And for me, I got home around midnight by the time we packed everything up and got home. And I told Mel, my wife, I said, Mel, getting that hug from that homeless guy from Puff, that was the highlight of my day. It was the most joyful part of my day. Why is that true? It's true because of what we're learning in Isaiah 58, that you serve your way out of gloom. How do you walk out of discouragement? You start serving. You serve other people. You look for where God's at work. You believe that every single person in your life was placed there by God so you can serve them. Well, let me give you four steps out of gloom. I want to give you four specific steps that you can take today. And step one is to test Jesus' outrageous promise. Jesus made a wild promise. It's recorded in Acts chapter 20. And here's what he said. 
He said it's more blessed. This word blessed, it's the Greek word makarios, and it literally means happy. You will be a happier person when you give stuff away than when you receive. Now, I'll be honest. This is one of those promises of Jesus that we all know, some of us can quote it, but very rarely do we actually believe it. But I want to encourage you, test Jesus on this outrageous promise. The same God who made the physics of our universe with gravity and entropy, he also made spiritual physics. And some of his spiritual physics don't make sense to us, but it's true that if you seek your own gain in life, you'll get emptier. Instead, if you pour yourself out to serve others, you will be more and more fulfilled. Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Where do you start? Start with the people who God places in your life today and tomorrow. I'll give you a great example of that from a dear sister in our church named Tony. Uh, here's Tony when she was serving at Christmas last year. Tony is one of our door greeters. She serves on our connection team. And so, Tony, if you've been into our building, you've probably seen a smile from her as she has held the door open for you. She has a true servant's heart. Well, what I love about this story is that it didn't happen during a church service, though those matter as well. But Tony was actually voting for president and all that other stuff. And she was standing in line to vote. And the line, it was an hour and a half wait. And while Tony was standing in line, she realized that the family next to her wasn't just an inconvenience or someone making the line longer, that God had placed them there. Tony started just being friendly and having a conversation with this family. In the process, she told them how much she loves Connection Point, how God is alive and working here right now. And she invited them to come and experience what God is doing here. Well, guess what? That very weekend, right after the election, that family came and they visited. They got to hear about Jesus. They got to see our community in action. And I just want to say, way to go, Tony. Way to go, Tony, for seeing the moments in your life as divinely ordained. And I know that people like Tony, who are serving wherever they go, they're experiencing the joy that shines the gloom out of our lives. I wonder... Who in your life needs the love of God this week? Who is it in your life? Maybe you're a student and there's someone in one of your classes who's constantly mocked and ridiculed. And this week, you could tell that person that they matter to God and that you care about them. Maybe it's in your workplace. Maybe it's in your family. Uh, maybe it's actually your spouse or your child, someone who you assume they know that you love them. But really, you need to go out of your way to say, I love you. I want to serve you. Who in your life most needs the love of God this week? You know, who is that person? Like for me, I wasn't expecting there to be a homeless guy who I'd end up having this emotional encounter with, but God placed him there. And I want us to go into this next week as a church expecting God to plant people in our lives for such a purpose. Well, in this series, we're talking about our deep emotions. And we're talking about all the things that we're feeling. And so as we look at these four steps out of gloom to be a good leader, I've got to tell you about step number two. Step number two is to check your body. Here's what I mean. There's a difference between being kind of discouraged and being outright depressed. It's almost like a continuum. Discouragement is over here. It's when your team loses the football game. Or it could be much deeper when you're going through medical treatment. Discouragement is hard. But over here, depression is different. Depression is when you just can hardly get out of bed. 
And not just for a day or a couple weeks, but for months and months. And I want to encourage you, if you find yourself at this end of the spectrum, you've got to take your life and your health seriously. Because God made you mind, body, and soul, and God loves your body. God loves you. He wants you to be healthy. You know, there was a time in my life, I shared with you guys last week, when I was doing everything right spiritually, and I was pouring myself out to serve others, but my life was bordering on depression. And I went to the doctor, and they did blood work, and they said, John, your vitamin D and E levels are so low, we don't know how you're functioning. Well, it turned out the reason I was feeling that depression wasn't spiritual or even emotional. It was physical. So if you're dealing with ongoing depression, I want to encourage you first, go see your doctor. You may have a vitamin deficiency. It could be your thyroid isn't producing the, the proper ratio of hormones for your body. A doctor can do that blood work. Tell that doctor what you're feeling. Secondly, if you continue to feel those things, make sure you see a professional counselor, a professional therapist. And we can help you find one. We've got a care team here who are not licensed professional therapists, but are pastors who love you, who know the word of God, who want to walk with you. So if you want such a pastor in your life, text the word CARE to us, and these pastors can also help you get in touch with a professional counselor. I just want to say, sometimes you can be doing everything right spiritually, and if you're still feeling ongoing, lasting depression, there may be something going on with your body. So that's an important step in these four steps out of gloom. I care about you. I want to give you in this series very practical steps. Well, step number three, keep doing the right things. Keep making the right choices based on what you know to be true in the word of God, not based on what you feel. When you're discouraged, when you're in a time of gloom and things are foggy, this is not the time to make major life choices or to doubt God and his goodness. Instead, when things are cloudy, that's when you kind of bear down and you just say, God, I know what is true in your word. And I'm going to make my choices based not on what I see or feel, but on your unchanging promises and on who you are as Almighty God. If you've ever flown in an airplane, they call this flying by instruments. When the sky is clear and sunny, a pilot can look out the windshield to decide, do I go up or down? How high am I above the ground? But when you're flying through a storm and the windshield is just surrounded by clouds, that's when a pilot has to fly by the instruments and know, am I going up or am I going down? I can't even trust my body. I've got to look at the instruments. The word of God is your instruments. If you're in a season of gloom, stay in the word of God. Let God define what reality is, what right and wrong are. Keep doing what he says. What does he say? Keep being part of these services every weekend. Get into a small group if you're not yet. You can text the word group to the number on the screen. Be with other believers. Be in the word of God. Keep doing what God says in your life. And eventually those clouds will clear and your emotions will catch up. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6, verse 33. He said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now in this passage, Jesus is actually talking about how people who don't know God, they're driven by their passions, their hungers. He says, instead, you have hungers, they're legitimate, but seek first the kingdom of God. And then as you seek the kingdom of God first, all these other things will be given to you as well. It's very much this same principle, that if you pour out your life to do the work of God, God will fill you up. 
I love a great example of this is one of the people who was baptized right here at Connection Point in the last week or two. This is Preston. He's a football player here at Brownsburg High School. And when our pastors asked Preston, what is it that brought you to faith? He started talking about his football coaches. His football coaches, many of whom attend here and who are believers, their example and how they've helped him in life is part of why he has believed in Jesus. And I just think this is a beautiful picture of people of God seeing their workplace as their ministry and realizing that these student athletes, my job isn't just to win football games. My job is to shape their character and to let them know that their deepest needs are met in Jesus. We have football coaches from our church and in our community who are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that's step number four on your pathway from depression to joy, from gloom to sunlight. Step number four is to give yourself away in serving others as unto the Lord. Oh, we have so many hundreds of stories of this at Connection Point, of faithful people just like you who faithfully serve, who faithfully give, who faithfully pray. And as we do that, God uses us to change the world. It's exactly what Isaiah was talking about when he said, if you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry, then your light will rise. And let me tell you guys a true story. It's one of my favorites. Maybe you've seen it from two years ago. Chris is a single grandmother who has custody of her grandsons. And she was living in a time that seemed hopeless, but God used you guys to shine light into her life. Here's what I love about this story. Chris continues to worship with us and to experience Jesus every day. Let's see what happens when we pour out our lives to serve the people around us. I was introduced to the Holiday Project when my oldest grandson was in kindergarten. I had just gotten custody of the six, eight, and 10 year old. Being a single grandparent was difficult. Looking at, am I gonna have Christmas? Am I gonna be able to keep food on the table or buy a few gifts? The Holiday Project has erased that for me. The first time I got involved with the Holiday Project, I was speechless. When they said, okay, it's time to go shop for your families and they opened the gymnasium doors and all you see were these gifts that everybody lovingly and <laughs> donated. The first thing that caught my eye was a Thomas the Train set for my grandson. He loves Thomas. I would not have been able to get him that had it not been for that the Holiday Project. I met Kayla and Josh two years ago. We've been attending Connection Point as a family for about six years now, and pretty much from the beginning, we enjoyed participating in the Holiday Project. We wanted to be a host family. We wanted to be with the families. We actually meet some of those families and see who they are that we are helping, just to have that relationship built with them. When I first started talking to Kayla, she had stated that she had been brought up by another family member, so she knew where I was coming from. I was raised by my great aunt and uncle. It just felt like we had that connection. This will be the third year with Kayla and I and Josh, and it's great. Just getting to be with the same family over the last three years has allowed us to just to bond with them and just to um, 
be able to send a text and say, hey, hope your day's going well, or hey, I'm praying for you today. I can talk to her, I can text her if I'm trying to figure things out. Just to know that she does have somebody that, that cares for her and that prays for her. Like sometimes you make a donation and you don't necessarily see the impact, right? But when you're actually there in person and you're seeing the difference it's making, I think that's the best part right there. The Holiday Project, the program itself, is my small group. The people that come out, the the love that they show, the caring. It's not the monetary things, it's not the toys, it's just the flat out and out, unconditional love that everyone has. They're there without a reason. I've been told I'm not going through this alone. I've got a lot of people in my corner. I have my own cheering section actually. <laughs> I was sitting talking to a couple of ladies and she's like, well, why don't you come out and try the church? And I'm like, okay, I'll have to do that. And I walked into the main auditorium as nervous as I could ever be. Then everybody started singing and it was home. I had been wanting to rededicate my life for a long time, I just never felt where. And uh, January 27th, I was baptized. I think anytime you, you serve God, and no matter what the capacity is, it, it always has an impact on you, a positive one. The real impact that we make, that God wants us to make, is by getting out there and doing His work. And that's what we're trying to do, and even if it's a, a small way. All the families that step up and take time to embrace the rest of us, there's not a dividing line. It's just people with hearts wanting to help people that need heart. I don't think people realize the smallest um, gesture <laughs> can mean the absolute world to somebody else. And that's what the church has done for our little slice of life. So, <laughs> thank you. Well, Chris, we're so proud of you and we're so honored that we get to continue walking with you. You know, as a church, we often pray for fruit that remains. That is, people who will have a moment with Jesus, but then it will change their lives. And Chris is one of those. It's been two years, actually three or four years now, and Chris continues to walk with Jesus. Chris has had a number of really extreme surgeries recently for her health, but she's been able to keep watching online all through COVID. And as she continues to care for her three grandsons, our church family continues to care for her. Well, I want to invite you this year, we're adopting 105 families just like Chris and providing an amazing Christmas experience for them. Toys for the kids, clothes, pajamas, everything they could need physically, but also connecting them to Jesus spiritually. Well, 101 of our families have already been adopted by small groups and individuals in our church. There are four families remaining. If you want to adopt one of these four remaining families for the holiday project, just text the word ADOPT 
to the number on our screen. And I want to say to all of you who give and pray and serve, even in ways like running cameras, that is what allows people like Chris to keep walking with Jesus. Here's our big application from today's message, and I hope you guys will take this really seriously. I want to encourage you to text the word serve to us. And here's why I want to ask you to text this, because we're going to give you a physical way to live out what we just learned from Isaiah 58, that wherever there's gloom or depression in your life, the light shines in when you pour yourself out to serve others. We have a way for you to serve no matter where you are. Even if you say, John, I'm not leaving my house because of COVID, guess what? We have ways for you to serve from home. If you say, John, I'm willing to come to campus and be part of those seven physical Christmas Eve services, great, we've got a spot for you. Maybe you say, John, I don't know what I could do and I'm a little uncomfortable, but I do wanna follow God in this way. Well, guess what? We've got lots of future opportunities. Uh, Things like going into a Starbucks and putting up a poster for the Christmas Eve service or even just online inviting people or maybe even answering a phone or other things. We have ways for you to serve. Join us in shining the light of Christ into the darkness. And as you do, it will light up the darkness in your own life. If you can't do any of those, serve with us by giving to make it happen. And we have a button for that when you text this word serve. It's a way for you today to say, God, you've shown me what to do. I'm going to text that word serve because I actually want to take you up on your promise. Uh, Church, God loves you. He doesn't want you living in constant depression or discouragement. He gives us a path of joy as we pour out our lives for others. Let's close in prayer, committing that we'll live a life of service as individuals and together as the body of Christ at Connection Point. Jesus, we thank you that you laid down your life as almighty God. You didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give your life as a ransom for many. And Jesus, it is our desire this Christmas Eve to lift you high. You said that when you're lifted high, you will draw all people to yourself. And Lord, we pray that you'll bring people who are lost in addiction, people who are discouraged, people who are depressed, people who need their sins forgiven, people who need a hope and a future. Would you use us as a church to shine the light? God, show us exactly what to do. Work in a powerful way. And Lord, I pray for every person listening right now that this week you will use them as a servant in their home, in their workplace, in their neighborhood, in their family, that you will use us to feed the hungry, to care for the oppressed. And Lord, for everyone watching, that where there's gloom or despair in their life, that your sun would rise upon them, that you would shine joy and favor upon them. We ask in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.